awaken us to the realities uh, that the persecuted church suffer predominantly in the 1040 window in Muslim-dominant regions of the world. We looked at the, uh, the top 50 countries that are on what's called the World Watch List, and as always, uh, the number one spot goes to North Korea as being the most dangerous place for a Christian to live. And so um, Edie Burrell and Sue Goss took a Bible, and they tore up the pages and just dropped them in a bowl. And at the end of the service, we went and picked up a page, and that's our Bible for the week. And so this is all I've had. And I've had my quiet time and tried to draw close to God with just this. And uh, so what I want to do is I'm going to simply teach this morning what God has given to me. All right? Simple enough. This is, this is all I've had this week, okay? And uh, I want you to, uh, those of you that brought your Bible, <laughs> your torn parchment, I want you to uh, be ready to share some things too. So um, I do happen to know, by the way, that this is from Micah and Nahum. Uh, the old, two Old Testament prophets. So some of you don't even know where it is unless you cheat and Google it. You know, you can Google everything. Google's made experts out of all of us, by the way. So, um, all right, let me begin with, uh, this is going to be Micah chapter 5, verse 14. And before I read it, I want to pray. I want to pray. Father, thank you for uh, all the mercy that you've shown us, what you've accomplished through your son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. Lord, I pray that you'll you'll just um, help us to tune in, to have those ears to hear, heart to obey you. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, this is Micah chapter 5, verse 14. This is a single phrase that I want to draw upon. Speaking of of the work that Yahweh... Yahweh is the personal name of God that Yahweh is going to do in Israel... The Lord Yahweh says, I will root out all your Asherah. I will root out all your Asherah images from among you. Asherah is literally the name of the mother goddess of El. Uh, El is very common uh, in Hebrew language. You probably know that if you do a little bit of background study. And the word El not only is, is a word used in Hebrew language, but also in languages like Akkadian and Ugaritic. And Asherah is the mother goddess of the male god El in the Ugaritic culture in Babylon and Akkadia. All right? A mother goddess, female things, fertility pertaining to the female. Asherah, when Israel would make an Asherah, it was a kind of an idol that would be a bit like a pole. Like a portion of a tree, and they would set that up in key little areas where they could worship about the city or worship around the outer perimeter of the city. And God says regarding Israel, by the way, a quick comment about the prophets, the minor prophets, the major prophets, like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, the big, the big prophetic works, but the little ones as well, like Micah and Nahum, uh, they're all designed to do one thing, call Israel back to obedience. That's why they're, they're in, our, in our Bible, to call Israel to obedience. And so when Yahweh says, I'm going to root out your Asherah from among you, God is saying, Israel, I'm not finished with you. I have some things that need to be accomplished in you, and I'm going to seek out the places where you set up idols. Sometimes the idols are really small, 
And in ancient uh, Hebrew culture, the ancient Mediterranean world, you would have little shrines, little shrines even in your home, sometimes by the hearth or an actual individual shrine set up where small little laris in Latin, little, little, little idols would be placed. And the father being the spiritual head of the home would guide the family in worshiping and praying to the gods or goddesses assigned to protect that hearth, to protect that house, that threshold, or that city. If you've seen the movie Gladiator, which is historically very accurate on many levels, there's scenes where Maximus takes out a little pouch of little idols and sets them up in worships. That is very accurate to Hebrew or to uh, Roman culture, to Latin culture. Yahweh was not done with Israel and was going to root out the Asherah, find it and remove, remove those, those pagan gods. Let me tell you a little bit about, about Israel's concept of God. This may be a bit offensive to you, uh, and I ask you just to be open about it. Do you understand that from an Israeli standpoint, there were many gods? Did you know that? There really were many gods. And they believed in, in local, regional, and national level gods. And, and then the big one, the global gods, you know, cosmic gods. And Israel believed in all kinds of options. Israel had lots of religious options, all right? When Israel left Egypt, and, they, and remember, they got the back pay from all the, the slavery. <laughs> they got back pay from the Egyptians and gold earrings and all kinds of treasures from Egypt. They got God. Yahweh said, I'm going to give you the back pay. All right, you get it all. So they leave Egypt with its plunder. And they're wandering in the wilderness for a few days. And they panic. They get scared. And they take matters into their own hands. And they take the gold earrings and a lot of the bracelets. And what do they, what do, they do? They make a golden calf which in Israeli culture at that time makes perfect sense. You and I go, they're so stupid. Why did they do that? Don't they know better? You know, well, if we were there, we'd have been right in the thick of it, okay? Uh, because literally they believed in a god, goddess that has everything to do with fertility and livestock and heifers. And if you can grow crops, uh, or rather you grow crops by these, these animals, then an animal that gives birth is a big, big deal. And so the idea of having herds and, and breeding is about survival. Because if you can have that, you can, you can work the ground and you can grow crops and you can live. And they were panicking because they didn't have anything to eat. And livestock means food. And it means working the ground. And it means crops. And it means survival. And so A... We've got Israel taking matters in her own hands, trying to survive, trying to make it through the day. And they turn to an idol. When you think about it, we're a bit like Israel, don't you think? Don't you think? We're just trying to make it through the day. We're just trying to make it. And the pressures are so great upon us, real or perceived, and we think sometimes that Yahweh... Is pretty far off. He's not so near. Because if he was, he would do something. <laughs> and he doesn't. So he appears to be rather far off. And so what do we do? We take matters into our own hands. And all of a sudden we find ourselves sometimes with little idols. Little secret idols 
that kind of gather up in our hearts, gather up in our souls, and we compromise. We compromise. We mix things up, and we... You know, there's lots of things that give us comfort. Did you know that? <laughs> Furs and ding-dongs can be very comforting when you're, when you're in depression. I'm just telling you, all right, I'm just telling you, you know, there, there's comfort food. There's comfort. You're laughing because you know you do it. You get, that's your little asherah. Let's admit it. Let's be honest. So you've got comfort food. You've got comfort shopping. You've got comfort sex. You've got comfort sleeping. Right? You've got comfort clothes. Certain things you wear and somehow you feel better. Somehow you think you look better or feel better. It's because of what you've got on. We have lots of little idols, little, little ways that we compromise because we think, quite frankly, God is not enough. Comfort relationships. Comfort ideas. Talking our, in, ourselves into things or presenting ourselves as though we are something that we're really not. Hiding behind things. Lots of ways that a Christian, someone who names the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, but really is not following from the heart, can set up Asherah, can set up little idols, big ones and little ones, and we hide behind those things. Romans chapter 8 tells us that, that God is at work in each of us, to literally create and form the image of his son in us. He is causing all things to work together for the good, the good of being crafted into the image of Jesus Christ. Now let me read on. This is Micah chapter 6, verse 6 through 8. In view of this, the fact that God is going to root out the Asherah, the hidden idols and the idols set up around uh, the border of Israel, Jerusalem, and God is at work and is going to chase down these things. So Micah, kind of crying out to God on behalf of Israel, says this, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? By the way, Israel had to be reminded that God was the God above, among all gods, above all gods. He was the Lord of all lords. He is the one true God. He is Elohim, creator God. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousand rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn child for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice. And to love kindness. And to walk humbly with your God. Not secretly with your idols. Walk humbly with your God. Not secretly with your idols. The minor prophet Nahum says this in chapter 1, verse 15. Behold, upon the mountains 
the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace. The good news is that the idols that separate us, like Isaiah 59 says, your sins have made a separation between you and your God. The Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1 that we were separate at one time. We were broken from the common, the commonwealth of Israel, the hope of being one with God, unified with God. But through the cross of Jesus Christ, we've been brought near. Mark's gospel records that during the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that the veil in the temple, a giant curtain about four inches thick, was ripped from top to bottom. Men could not do that. That single event, the tearing of the veil, separating the Holy of Holies in the temple, is a symbol to say that Yahweh now has a new name. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. El, God. God with us. Emmanuel. Through the cross of Jesus Christ, when we become followers of the Son, we are united with God through Jesus Christ. We are restoring Him. This is the good news. Walk humbly with your God, not secretly with your idols. Now some of you, you have your scripture with you, right? How did God speak to you through your scriptures? How did he speak to you? What did you have? Philip, how about you? Um, my passage was Acts um, 2, when Peter's giving testimony at Pentecost and... Um, He's talking about how, in this section, uh, Jesus was delivered, or was raised from the dead, and um, he references David talking about him in Psalms, and it says, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad, and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the path of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Mm-hmm. And I just think it was cool how, even in the Old Testament, they saw the new life in Christ. Yes. We look backward, they look forward. Absolutely. Someone else, from your torn parchment, how does God speak to you? Anybody else? Chris? Wow, that's wonderful. Someone else? Anybody else? I have Stephen's monologue before the stone. Oh, wow. And um, just, that, just before they get so mad that they stone him, he says, You stiff necked people, uncircumcised and hardened ears, always resisting the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. What you heard prophets did not fathers, your fathers persecute. 
and they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one whom you have now betrayed and murdered, you who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. So this is basically God's accusation and condemnation of the nation of Israel. I mean, yes. This is straight, I believe, anointed lips. This is what this is how God sees you, and still God sent his son yes. to this, these people yes. and gave them another chance. Yes, rest you nailed it. In fact, can, can any of you finish this? One of the great Ten Commandments? Thou, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Why? Because I am a jealous God. He loves us. Like a wife or a husband who doesn't want their spouse to, be, to run it off, to find love in somebody else's arms, right? God wants the bride of Israel is for him only. Only. By the way, that is the model of marriage, by the way. That is the model. So I get to have coffee every Monday morning at 10 o'clock with Terry Hughes, and I basically just listen, okay? That's what goes on. So I listen and, and to That's some of these, these great stories. <laughs> <laughs> and if he lets me, I have to get permission and have to salute him and say, permission to speak, sir. And, uh, and we, we have a good time. Uh, I said, well, Terry, what, what did you pull out of, the, out of the, the scripture bowl there? And he goes, you know, I picked it. And we're like, oh, man, it's Deuteronomy. Oh, you know, and I said, really? And he goes, yeah. And then he said, and then I read it. What did you read? Uh, it is Deuteronomy chapter 8. And I glommed on to verse 11. Take care, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Least when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and it goes on, and it is absolutely striking to me how often... I wind up getting exactly what I need. Yeah. Uh, random drawing it out of a bowl, and I need to be reminded yeah. time yeah. and time again that get your mind right, do the right thing, mm. yeah. do yeah. the right thing at the right time for the right reason. Yeah. Hallelujah, you're right here. Yeah, yeah, thank you, too. I did not buy his coffee, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's good to me. You know, is it? can you see the pattern? Are you guys picking up on something? That when it goes well with us, things kind of kind of good, right? That's good. You can relax. 
You can get your mind off of what it means to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. That you can uh, think, you know, that those little compromises really don't have that much of an impact. You know, that you can kind of get away with some stuff. And little by little you compromise. And before you know it, uh, to borrow borrow some Navy lingo, you're way off course. Way off course. So, Colby. Uh, My scripture for the week was out of Jeremiah. It's a complaint. He's complaining. Um, He's complaining to the people of Israel, the, the Hebrews, and he's telling them how much their actions weigh on him. But he's complaining from a point of view that maybe he'd rather not be burdened with that. That, hey, you guys are messing up, and God's dealing with me because of you. And I'm sitting here alone. I can't, I can't rejoice with anybody. But it, the, the section I have ends with this. Therefore, thus says the Lord, if you return... I will restore you, and you shall stand before me. No matter what you've done, no matter how bad you've grieved the prophet, no matter how much you don't deserve it, God still says, I'll restore you, and you can stand before me. To stand before a king you have to be invited to do that. You don't, you don't just get to because you deserve to, because you're entitled to. You're not. But the Lord says, you can, and I'll let you. So, so as for you, you must not turn to them, but you can turn to me. And you must learn to extract the precious from the worthless. And in so doing, you will become like a fortified wall of bronze. They will not hurt you. That is Jeremiah 15, 19, and 20. One of the most influential passages of Scripture in my life personally. And that's what you bring this morning. Thank you. Only the Lord would do that. Only the Lord would do that. So, Hebrews chapter 4. Because of Jesus Christ, we can go boldly to the throne of grace in our time of need and receive help. Like a kid that can just come peeling in the room, interrupt mom and dad, interrupt the football game, interrupt company, and just jump right up on your lap. <laughs> and say, Caroline is funny. She'll go, she doesn't just say mommy. She'll go, mommy, 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 mommy. <laughs> it's like, Caroline, you can say it once. I, I get it. You know, mommy, 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 mommy. I want my Cheetos. <laughs> or can I have some milk? No. We get to do that, Colby. We can go down the hallway and jump right up in dad's lap, mom's lap. We can do that. Because we've been brought near by the cross of Jesus Christ, the great high priest who has gone before us, tempted in all things, just as we, and yet without sin. So, thank you so much. Thank you so very much. So, I want to pray. Uh,
And just as a, as a tie-off, remember, you have choices. You can walk humbly with your God through Jesus Christ. Or you can walk secretly with your idols and bring a painful destruction. You've got choices. You've got choices. Through Jesus Christ, we brought me. Let me pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the way that you are rooting out Asherah, little big idols, little idols out of our lives because you love us with an unfailing love and you see your son in us and we are made worthy through him. It is through his blood that we have the redemption of our sins, the forgiveness of our trespasses. Thank you that faith and hope and love just make sense. They, they straighten out the insanity of this ridiculous world, a world so corrupt on every level. You bring sanity. You will keep our minds in perfect peace because we focus on you. We love you with all our heart, our soul, and our mind. We've made the decision that we've got to be about your business because we follow you. Your words are our words. Your ways are our ways. We are Christian. We follow you. Father, help us to put our hearts to word and song as a way of worshiping and saying thank you for what you've done. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.